This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. To all of our Talking It Out listeners, I want to include this content warning. This week's recording will include discussion around topics such as physical violence and suicide. We acknowledge that this content may be difficult, and we want to make sure to create a safe space for all our listeners. Welcome back, everyone, to Talking It Out with Bachelor Nation. We have an amazing show for you today. Today, we have PJ, the firefighter from Michelle Season. Really excited to talk to him and hear his story but you know how we do. We got to get into our hot takes first. Mike, I'm actually going to take the lead on this one. Do you Let's mind? Let's do it. Or on the latest episode, uh, we saw one of our actual favorites. We actually had mentioned his name last week. He came out with a lot of swag. Jamie gets the first one-on-one, right? And when you get the first one-on-one, you got to know that the lead is feeling you. You know what I'm saying? Because like the first one-on-one is very important. And he came out and was very honest and vulnerable and direct and unleashed a, a heart-wrenching story about his mother and i i commend him like i i have all the respect in the world for the way Definitely. he came out but i know you're going to speak a little bit to that on your hot take but my hot take is going to go more towards the end of the episode where he essentially became kind of a villain mm-hmm. now he committed the cardinal sin in my book okay what's that that? i actually to tell you this i actually was given some advice prior to going on the show number one focus on the lead okay don't talk behind anybody's back and don't start drama he basically violated two of those (laughs) he started drama and he started talking about other men to the lead and i think that is just like the worst thing you could possibly do rachel actually told me after the fact that anybody who talked to her or who used their quality time to talk about other dudes was immediately sent home. So just looking at that, I feel like it's bad news for Jamie. I just don't understand why you needed to bring up that whole Joe situation. Like, why would you want to talk to the Bachelorette about other dudes? The time is so precious on this show. You want to basically build your relationship and, you know, make steps, take steps forward you know, and what you got going on with the person. But if you spend time talking about other dudes, like you're, that's, that's a quick ticket home in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like, and even the other guys that he was, you know, he had him in a group and he was telling them about the whole situation of what, about what he had heard back home that his friend saw Michelle in a bar and she was with some light skinned tall guy, whatnot. Like the other guys were like, yeah, I'm not concerned about that. Like I'm, I'm focused on her. Like, they, were, they didn't even want to hear that noise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he kept on. So it's like, Jamie, bro, 
We were rooting for you, bro. After that one-on-one, we were rooting for you. Hit hit him with that tower base. We were rooting for you. We we all wanted you. (laughs) He let us down, man. I was like, I was so disappointed in that. I mean, I respect the guy for everything he's been through, but I I just think he committed the biggest blunder ever like that. And now now look what happened. Now he's got to be all quiet. He's not saying you know, telling, pretty much coming clean on who it was that was talking mm-hmm. about Joe. He's keeping that in, but I gotta, I gotta imagine that that's gonna come out eventually, and it's gonna bite him in the ass. All right, it's definitely gonna bite him in the ass, hundred percent. I, the, you know, people always ask like, what's the one thing that you would have done differently? I have to call myself out, right? I on Hannah Brown season when she was a bachelorette told her something that one of the contestants had did, and that's my one thing that I wish I hadn't done. I didn't get that piece of advice that you got. <laughs> I wish I did, yeah. you know, but uh, I didn't spend my days and nights talking about the situation. But Jamie, Jamie with the little half S girl going, you shouldn't have did it, homie. You shouldn't <sighs> have did it. But more importantly to me, what stuck out was the way that Michelle handled it, bro. When she was like, I live in Minnesota. And so when you're a black woman, you're out with a black person, everyone, autom- everyone automatically associates that with your boyfriend. But she's with one of her white guy friends. It's no big deal. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. Yeah, no, she confronted the situation and confronted all the guys. I mean, but Jamie didn't step up in that moment. and He didn't. He should have. Like, if you're going to say it, you got to say it with your chest. Yeah. And you got to, like, also apologize with your chest. And so, therefore, I don't think he's going to apologize with his chest. So, I'm looking forward to this next episode. But I agree with you. He shouldn't have done it. Uh, We'll see how what what happens to his fate. Mind you, he was not neither one of our top three. Or he wasn't in my top four, shall I say. He wasn't in my top four. I only got three people. Did I say him last week? I think I may have said Jamie. I said three, because Caitlin only said three as well. Yeah, I you're said. right. You were, you were holding tryouts for the, yeah, for, the we other four, tryouts. for the other fourth person. And to be honest, I still don't got my fourth. <laughs> you still? Hey, listen, I mentioned that young dude. He got a rose on the group oh, date. Uh, little, uh, little, little baby, skincare. baby, Jared Dieter, uh, uh, baby Brandon. Derek Jeter. Yeah. yeah, Brandon, Brandon. I call yeah. him little skincare. That's how, that's my name for him. Skincare. Uh, he got good skincare. Um, I think if I had to pick a fourth, though, bro, I'd give it to Rick. Rick. Oh, Rick, Rick is okay. the one that came in on the salad. Yeah. Yeah. R- dinner Rick table Rick. I call him Rick dinner table got, Rick. Rick got game, bro. He's smooth with it. Rick is smooth. You know, I also smooth. like uh, Caitlin mentioned him last week. The uh, the Canadian guy, tall. He was like a a, a slam poetry guy. Nah. He has a beard, tall guy. Chris Chris G. G. There you go. Nah, Chris he, G. He Kenny G. Nah, I can't give it to him. Yeah, can't, yeah. Can't give it to him. No, no and I, I'm sorry. No, and I was gonna mention because I know a lot of people are like, oh, did producers tell him to say that? Like, let I I love the producers, right? They're gonna. They're trying to make a TV show. Did the, okay? producers, and tell, did the producers tell Jamie to say that? To Jamie, to Jamie. Like, I don't think they told him what to say. They, they don't tell you what to say. But did he maybe bring that up and they heard it and they're like, you know what? If you feel so strongly about it, why don't you tell Michelle? Thank now you. it's all on him. Thank now you. it's all on him. He could have said it or he couldn't have said it. You know what I'm saying? But they're just kind of, you know, give you a little tap. If you take the bait, that's exactly. on you. Exactly. Let's, let's squash this. Did producers do this or not do this? Correct. Uh, like, like the previous episode when they were like, I think uh, old buddy was a plant that, you know, when Taysha and uh, Caitlin walked in on, he had his whole checklist of things. The producers, Ryan, that's his name. Think of think of the producers as like, I don't want to, they are instigators, right? And in some cases, they're going to be like, oh, you going to let that slide? It's up to you if you want to do it or not. Yeah. And so, so at that point, you got to control your emotions. Yeah, that's that's on him. <laughs> Yeah. Like the producers can't tell you what to do. You know what I mean? That so that's on him at the end of the day. So 
my hot take honestly is also about Jamie. Like it really okay. is, you know, Jamie. I, but I'm gonna take it from the other perspective. You know my personality, bro. Look, if I was one, if I was fresh out of a relationship and I was watching this past Tuesday's episode, your bro might have shed a tear. It was like, it was a tearjerker last night for sure, bro. Jamie's story when he was talking about his mother, rest in peace to his mother, was so powerful. The Amen way he said that. it, the way he spoke about it, the the sincerity, the authenticity, the honesty, the, I mean, just everything. I got goosebumps now thinking about it. Uh, you know, my hat's off to him for, for being able to speak about that situation as well. Um, you know, we, for those that are thinking about suicide and or have loved members that have committed suicide, uh, at the end of the episode, we have, you know, the hotline for you to reach out. Uh, I just loved everything about that. And to me, that was upstanding for him to do. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it showed tremendous courage. I mean, you saw how Michelle reacted to him. I mean, she was pretty much bawling the, yeah. you know, the entire time he was telling her that story. And, so, uh, you know, just mad him. respect, mad respect to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, Matt. you know, all the all the, the, the stuff that I said earlier, you know, that that was a different situation. But that that particular scene that we saw, I mean, it was heart wrenching. I mean, you and I are close to our mothers. So, I mean, I know that you and I can't even fathom what that must have been like. You know what I'm saying? So I have a lot of respect for him to to be so open and vulnerable coming out and saying that on I, national TV. I would not wish that to my worst enemy at all. Yes, uh, but absolutely. within that, that's my hot take because, you know, I text y'all uh, when the episode was airing. And I, was, I, I really wish that you could be that honest and cut through all the BS with the, her, the person that you're trying to go on a date with. In real say, life. Hey, yeah, in real life. This is our first date because Jamie had the one of the first one-on-one. Is that, so I want? I wish a girl, if she came at me like that, I'm with it. That's like, it's like speed dating. It's like. I'm with it. But look, yeah. hell, you know what I'm saying? I'm with that. I'm yeah. truly 100% with that. How about you? I mean. Real, I, real I, world scenario. Rachel real world scenario. Rachel like first, something like that. First date, Rachel, say that. Um. You know what? I would feel the same way I did about Jamie. I would respect them for coming clean. However, I don't know if everybody would take it that way. I think it would. Well, that's why it's a maybe, maybe somebody would be like, okay, that was a little too heavy to be coming out on the first date. Now, that some people. Like, I feel like you and I, we would appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we would uh, uh, embrace that, you know, them being that vulnerable. And, you know, I'd, I'd, at our age, we're, you know, you're in your 30s, I'm in my 40s. Like, I feel like that would be refreshing, right? Because we've dealt with all the bullshit where they play games and all that stuff. But, you know, in this situation, I would appreciate it. I just don't know if everybody in the real world would want to hear that right off the bat. You know, the first thing people always ask is when you come on the show and you do all these interviews and from if alumni is lifting, y'all know what I'm talking about. So how was your experience on the show? That's one of the first questions any reporter always asks. My takeaway from the show is that you can speak about these things at such a quicker pace. And, bro, that needs to happen. Like I don't give a yeah. damn what your favorite color is. Well, how the, how that shit gonna help me? Yeah, <laughs> how that's gonna help us, baby? Like, yeah. I can find, I can pick that up. First off, this is this is uh for the fellas listening. Don't be asking your girl her favorite color. You should be able to pick up her favorite color by the accessories that she's wearing. But it's pretty awesome when you say, babe, is your favorite color green? 
for example. She's yeah. like, why? I see you wearing this. I see you doing that. I see you doing that. And then if she says yes, then that's pretty. That's pretty dope right there. Don't be asking her all the them dumbass questions. Yeah, you got so, you got to be perceptive. You got to be yeah. perceptive and pick Thank up on you. those little things, and then have the deeper conversations that you're talking about. You know, a lot quicker. And I mean, I I totally agree with you that this show. You know, being in that bubble and just, you know, having your feelings out in the open like that and being so vulnerable. Like, I remember coming off the show and like talking to my boys and I'd just be like, hey, man, how you doing? How you feeling? Like, I, I, yeah. I get into it. Right. Yeah, and yeah. they'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you getting all sentimental on me right now? Uh, I, I, and I had just thing. come out of that situation where it was like, that's all we did. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. I could see how it actually like affected me in that way. But um but yeah, I, I I totally agree, man. If we could cut through the BS on dates, and you know, so, you'd be it. You save a lot of time, right? Like it's like, okay, are you yes. for me? Or are you not? Like, let's figure this out quick. Hell, save a lot. I'm gonna call my uh, my roommate out, Connor. And I, I'm the same way as Connor. So Connor, I love you. You will save time and money. I ain't trying to go on 19 <laughs> dates with you to find out to get to the meat of who you are. Like, let's talk about it. Let's let's get to know one another. And that's the thing, man. Everybody's, you know, everybody. You meet their representative. Again, I always go back to that Chris Rock line. Like those first six months, you don't really know the person. And why? I think people have their their guard up, right? They have these walls up like they've been hurt before. So it's like, if I am that vulnerable, am I going to get cut off after one date? Possibly. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what people are scared of. And that's what they don't want to do by divulging all that, you know, personal information. I think there's it's a oh, it's a tact. Tax is the operative word. It's how gotcha. you go about doing that. And yeah. then how you weave in and out of that conversation. It's a, it's about tech. But I love his deep conversation. But someone that we talked about last week, bro, that we both, you know, we want to see more about. He was he was a little swaggy. He came out there in a big Tonka truck, a.k.a. the big fire truck, not the little <laughs> one. Uh, we both wanted more information. He a Texas boy as well. I want to know more about PJ. Like, what yeah. was PJ's story? He went home this past week. I want to know his story. So... Let's bring PJ in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. PJ, welcome to the show, man. How you living? I'm good, man. Just uh, grateful for the opportunity. Nice, nice. Yeah. Thank you for being here today. Uh, you're from Houston, right? Or no, you're from Dallas, right? Well, I was born in Dallas. But I actually grew up in Austin. In Austin, oh, and uh, okay. I moved Yeah, I moved to Houston about seven years ago now when I uh, started my job, so I'm sorry. And you're uh, you're you're the real fire, you're the real fireman, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the way they made it look on there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely a real fireman. Uh, shout out Daniel. You know, no, you know, he's a good dude. <laughs> I, 
we talked about uh, the two of you on the very first episode of that the Michelle season came out because like we thought Daniel's situation was pretty dope, and then you know they put you right behind <laughs> the Daniel. next person, <laughs> like the very next person, like the way that it was shown, right? That that was embarrassing on Daniel, man. Like, did you ask to have the real fire truck, or did they just say, "Hey, here's the real fire truck"? Uh, I mean, it, it came up, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, for sure, I'll definitely take it." You know, if that's a, if that's an option. For sure. <laughs> I'm sure at that time, for everyone listening back home, you didn't know Daniel at that time, right? No, I didn't know Daniel or anybody else to be out there. So I was oh, yes. surprised. That's, so, PJ, was- tell me, tell me, like, what was that first night like? Because I know for Mike and I, I mean, you like kind of black out a little bit. You know, when you walk out, you see, you know, you see the Bachelorette. You know, talk, talk to me about your feelings going in and how you felt when you first got out of that fire truck. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's, it's like you, you play it through your head a million times how it's going to go or how you think it's going to go, you know. And uh, she kind of threw me a curveball. As soon as I hopped out, she said something to me, and I was like, man, she wasn't supposed to talk yet. I, didn't, I wasn't ready for that, <laughs> you know. But but that actually, you know, it actually like, calmed me down and made it feel like a more real, you know, casual situation, just me and her talking, and it was it was real cool. It was genuine. She said something to you like, like what do you mean uh, she said something to you? So when I, I forgot exactly what she said. She mentioned, uh, she mentioned, she didn't mention there was another firefighter until I came up. But um, she said something about the truck. As soon as I hopped out, like, I want to see the truck. Something like oh, that. And okay, I was like, okay. oh, okay. You know, we can so, do that. So you gave her a little <laughs> tour? You gave her a little tour of the fire truck? Yeah, after that, you know, uh, gave her the hose that she accepted, of course. And, you know, so <laughs> he, uh, but that, then we, she, um, I let her climb up, you know, mess with the, Little buttons and stuff like that, the sirens and stuff. And she had a little good time with that, so it was cool. PJ, we're going to keep it G-rated, but when you said I gave her the hose, you could so take that derogatory. We're going to keep it G, though. <laughs> I, gave, I gave her the hose, you know. No I comment. Gave her, no comment. I, I, gave her, I gave her the hose. That got to be the first thing you say, PJ, really? I gave her the hose, you know. The fire hose. The fire hose. I'm assuming, yeah. I'm assuming, yeah. Fire hose. No, we know, you, we know you're good, man. How is it being a fireman, like, one, we commend you for doing that because that's a yes. selfish job, right? Respect, Thank man. you. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, you, you go uh, on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, how is it? How is it being a fireman? Uh, it's it's fun. It's, it's, a lot of times it doesn't feel like work. You know, when you work with guys that, you know, we, we all got a common goal and we know it can be a stressful job. And you have to turn it on. But uh, most of the time it's just, you know, it, it feels like you're hanging out with, with the boys. You know, you, you're doing a stressful job, but it's fun. You know, we all have a good time with it. And, uh, it's really rewarding when you come home. Uh, so this is something that I have because you live in Houston. I've considered moving to Houston, but the main reason I'm not, I don't anticipate living in Houston because y'all have a lot of floods in H-Town, mm-hmm. right? Is that something that firefighters have to go out and help and assist with? Yeah, as best we can. So we have uh, like a water rescue team. We have a few boats. Um, we have- uh, Y'all got boats. We, we got a few boats, yes sir. And we, so we, we can get if we can get to you, we will, you know. But a lot of times it's like we're driving around the trucks, and we can only go so far too. As you know, it's a fire truck; it's not made for water. So it's like if we can get to you, help you out, we can. And uh, but we we get called out for you know all kind of different stuff as well. So I mean, and and Harvey specifically, I remember we uh, we got out there as far as we could, and then there were some people who were like, "Hey, you know, we got we have a canoe, you know, so if you if you want to go the rest of the way." So me and another guy, we got in the canoe and went the rest of the way and got to, you know, somebody who needed some help and got him out of there. So let's awesome. do what we can with what we have. So. Appreciate and PJ, that. 
Do you have like, I mean, obviously that's a, a story of heroism right there. I mean, do you have any other crazy stories that you've experienced in your career being a firefighter that you could tell us? Um, there's some, you see some pretty crazy stuff, some gruesome stuff. A lot of it, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, they think fire is just, Hey, we're running and burning buildings. A lot of times we have uh, EMS calls as well. So we'll do, you know, all the stuff you get like shooting, stabbings, you know, people, we have the, the jaws. We got to cut people out. Uh, the jaws of life. Mm cut people out yeah. of cars and wrecks stuff like that it's, it's always it's always something there's never a dull day sure yeah, definitely so what led you down a path of becoming a firefighter like was it um it was was it the uh the uh the women liking it or was it like the the, the true nature <laughs> of a man like, in uniform right <laughs> like what's the benefits like talk to me because i thought about being a firefighter one time as well yeah it was uh it was something to where when i graduated from college i I couldn't see myself sitting behind a desk at the time. You know, I was still trying to, I still had aspirations of, you know, playing football, things like that, staying active. That didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. But um, I actually had a buddy, his um, his mom was a firefighter. He was my roommate at the time. And uh, his mom was a firefighter in Houston. And she kind of reached out to me, knew I was in a transitional spot and kind of was like, hey, you should check it out. And I looked it up and applied and it was, you know, worked out, be the best decision I made, so. Sure. It's really I can't I can't do a nine to five so I don't blame you man. Yeah. Did you do football? You played football in high school and college or what? Uh, I played yeah, both high school and college. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I played uh, at Lamar University and um, Beaumont. Beaumont, Texas. Beaumont, Texas. What? What position? BMT. Played tight end at H back. I was a little bigger back then. Uh, a little, little more slow yeah. yeah a little more yeah fair, fair enough man well you know i don't know if you are listening to talking about our podcast just say so you have so you know the people know it's real but here we like to get, get a little bit deeper with folks and so for we didn't get enough time with you brian and i both were talking about you last episode we really wanted to see a bit more of you you got a little swag you got like that little quiet Kawhi leonard swag going to you so like we kind of just want to know the man behind the suit shall i say Talking about the firefighter suit and the bachelor, uh, the bachelorette suit. Like, you know, how was life before you growing up in Texas? What's your family dynamic like? Talk to us. Uh, man behind the suit. I mean, I feel like I'm just like everyday kind of dudes. You know, I, I like to hang out with my friends. You know, chill, relax, uh, laid back. You know, uh, growing up and um, you know, growing up in Texas is just, especially being an athlete, is it's always a big thing. You know, everybody's got Texas pride. You know, we feel like we're the best at everything. You know, how we are, we are. So uh, (laughs) bigger and better, you know how we do. So it's just like, you know, growing up like that and uh, my family dynamic is, you know, my parents always been there, you know, best, like best parents I got asked for, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big family guy. That's another thing about me. I think that defines me. So uh, it's me and my little sister. Now I had, uh, we lost two of my brothers growing up and that was, that was tough, but that kind of kept us. It, it, it brings it, brings into like you know brings into fruition the things that you overlook you know take for granted and i think it's definitely brought us all together as a family both sides a real big family on both sides so it, we all come together and we lean on each other so that's what we we pride ourselves on for sure when it comes to your brothers do you feel comfortable sharing their story oh uh, yeah i do feel comfortable i feel like i'm in a place you know i can talk about it now so okay it's uh it's something yeah, man. I mean, how, how close yeah. were you guys? Like what, you know, talk to us about growing up with them and, you know, the impact they made on your life. Uh, so my older brother uh, is, uh, he was, uh, my older brother was my dad's son before him and my mom's marriage. So uh, he didn't live with us. Um, he was a little bit older. He was seven years older than me. 
but he was always there. You know, he was just in a, at a point in his life when we were younger that he was still trying to figure out his stuff. You know, so he couldn't always come to everything or be around, but he was definitely a presence, strong presence in my life growing up. Uh, he was a football player. He played at Iowa State. So I, I looked up to him, you know, wanted to do everything he did. And, uh, well, tragically, he ended up he ended up getting shot. He got shot and killed in, 20, in 2007. That was my sophomore year in high school. So, well, yeah, it was just Iowa? that. Oh, no, he's back. Back home in Dallas and Oak Cliff. So, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, you know, yeah. Oh, wait, that is, so yeah. Right, yeah. So, it was, and, uh, it was just an unfortunate situation, an altercation that, you know, went south. And uh, there, so there was that in 07. And, um, Damn, sorry uh, I appreciate that, man. And then we, so my, my little brother is, uh, and he was kind of like just the shining light of the family. You know, he was always the one to do something crazy or, you know, the one is to, if my parents said do this, he was going to go the other way and do his own thing. He was definitely an individual and he was uh, in a good way though. You know, he was, uh, thought, thought outside the box, uh, things like that. He was, um, in, uh, he graduated from Arizona business school. This is 2017. We went for the graduation. He had started his whole time. He was working on a clothing line, at leisure wear line. So he went okay. to uh, Greece with a couple of his frat brothers. They went out there, one of them being from Greece. They went. Uh, he was going to shoot some pictures after the graduation, kind of launch the clothing line, things like that, hang out, you know, just, just celebrate. And uh, so they were out there in Greece, and like it was the last night. They went to a, a bar, and it was like, uh, <clears throat> from my understanding, it was an area kind of like well, you're familiar with Texas, kind of like South Padre, you know, like a party like a party island type deal. And uh, there was a bar, it was like a Serbian bar or something like that they went to. And I guess there was an altercation. He took a, a selfie with a bottle, with one of the bottle girls and a guy there didn't like it. So they had a little altercation inside and uh, they were outside afterwards. And then they got, got separated and the guy went back in. Some more guys came out and they jumped him outside, kind of chased him and jumped him. And he ended up losing his life out there like that. So it was just a big, you know, I don't know if it was, a, uh, American thing, a race thing, but it was just, you know, it was, it was really unfortunate the way that went down. So we ended up being, that was summer of 17 when that happened. Was, was there any justice served? Like, was your family ever ever able to find out who did it? I mean, did they catch the guy? Yeah, so, well, they, so they got the guys, there was 10 of them, and they had them detained for was, a while. There's 10, yeah, 10 wow. guys, and uh, I think eight of them are still detained, I believe. I don't want to give you the wrong numbers, but there was a trial in, um, that was the fall of, uh, fall of 17. We went to Greece for the trial. And um, it's just the, um, the verdicts we got were, they, were, they weren't really representative of the crime at all. And um, the prosecutor was, you know, he's like, I've been doing this, you know, so, so many years, and uh, I've never seen such, you know, misrepresentation of justice. So he pressed for a, a retrial in a higher court. And um, we got that. And so that's a good thing. But COVID uh, kind of pushed everything back. And um, so right now it's looking like the retrial will be in February. So man. hopefully. Man, so, you know, all our prayers, worries out there, you know, definitely Appreciate praying that. for your family, praying yeah. for your brother. Uh, for you said, what, if I may ask, what was the uh, the verdict of the first trial for those for those individuals? The, um, the verdict was, that was, so they don't do like we do. Uh, they don't do... Uh, there obviously there's no death, no life, no life sentence, anything like that. I think the max is like 20 or 30 years, but there were a couple of guys that they were able to remove from the process, uh, just because the way they remove, just because the way their, their judicial system works and kind of say, well, whereas to where here would be, you know, 
if if uh, you know whether you did you know whether you tripped the guy or whether you just you know pushed him one time if you were involved you know it's all it's all part of the murder but over there it's kind of like we were, they were able to pick and choose what certain people did per se and kind of give them much lesser uh, charges. So you're saying out of the ten individuals, ten mm-hmm. people 10, yeah. that jumped your one brother. Yes, sir. They got different charges based on. How, yeah. Okay. Based on their exactly yeah that's, their version of the story basically right basically so there was a it was a high like a high um highly populated area kind of it was like a there's a so there's a bunch of cameras and things like that on the sides of buildings so I think they pieced together what they were able to see from the cameras and like witness accounts and things like that and then the, guy, the guys had different representation their lawyers would be like well you know my client only did this or my client only yeah. threw a punt you know type right. deal and they were able to try to separate them instead of charging them all as a combined unit for what happened. Wow. wow. And, and you had mentioned something. I don't want to, you know, discredit that. You had said something along the lines of, uh, you don't know if it was like an American thing or a race-based thing. Uh, can you elaborate a bit, a bit on that? Right. Because, you know, it just, it, he was, and you know, just to be, if we're being, you know, completely honest, he was with two, you know, other, his, his frat brothers were, were white guys. And they guys, okay. took, I think it's like they were all in the pictures and stuff together. You know, it seemed like they kind of singled him out, you know. Uh, and then for it to... As, All three, I don't want to discredit that, because that's I, I used to live overseas. That's huge. And I, I, I feel like I'm being... So it was, your brother was taking pictures with this uh, the shot girl, the bottle girl, with his two friends. They're for a business, mind you, for doing the right things in life. Mm-hmm. And they're white, but nothing happened to them? No. Nah. The guy, so I guess the guy felt like, you know, he was the only one in the picture. He, I, I was all he saw. There's actually footage of that as well. So it looked like he kind of just pinpointed him. And uh, one of them went to, so I think, I believe it's three, one of them went to talk to the manager inside, the one from Greece. When they when they put him out, he went back in and talked to the manager, kind of figure out what was going on and try to sort things out. And the other one that was outside, they ended up getting separated. And, uh, yeah, it's like they kind of, not kind of, they definitely did pinpoint my brother. So, you know, it, it's kind of like, is this a black thing? You know, why, why him and not the whole group? So, If I can, his two friends, my bad, Brian, his two friends, what were they? Uh, one, The one was back inside. He had talked to the, one was inside with the manager. And then one was separated. And, and one was outside, and I, I'm not sure how they, it's hard to see how they got separated or what happened. I'm not sure, but he wasn't. He wasn't there, so. That makes sense for his one friend that is from Greece that probably speaks the language to go talk to the manager. That makes sense. I can see that. Right. And, and what was the aftermath like for your family? Because, I mean, I can't imagine it's easy when this stuff happens overseas. It's like, how were you, like, did you go over to Greece? Like, did your family go over to Greece to kind of try to figure things out? Or was this all just kind of communicating with people in Greece? Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, for the most part, originally it was um, the first, 
we didn't go out. My parents went before me, but they didn't go out until it was time for trial to start for the trial to start. So they, it was uh, being in contact with the, um, I'm sorry, with their, uh, right with Greece, with the, um, with the embassy. So you were trying, they're trying to make contact with them and they were, they were pretty decent with their contact, with their communication. And, um, they just didn't know a whole lot, but, um, until it was time to go out, my parents went probably maybe two or three weeks before the actual trial. They kept just kind of way the judicial system is out there. It was a little, a little rough with the, with the dates and the timing, things are getting pushed back and things like that. So me and my sister and uh, my uncles, uh, we came up a little bit later when we kind of had a set uh, time on the, on the trial, but all the, all that up leading up to that was just, you know, phone communication, phone emails back and forth so pj man this sounds incredibly tough uh again my condolences to you and your entire family same how 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 did how did y'all find out like who called y'all what was that like yeah uh so that night i I just remember i was driving in my apartment complex uh i was with some guys earlier that night and then uh, my dad had called me was late and i was like there's nothing good you know coming from a call this late you know so when he told me and uh, and I was gonna go right then. It was like three or four in the morning, but uh, I waited. My uncle, my uncle was in Houston at the time. He was living here. Uh, he picked me up in the morning, and drove me back to Austin. But they heard from it was the uh, it was the embassy that called them and told them that they found they had the, identified the body and they sent uh, you know pictures and things like that. So so they were able to identify. And so this and was say, the same. It was him. Same night, yeah. That was the night before my dad's birthday. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So that night, and I, I just want to make sure that I have the, you know, the I'm story. Sorry, night after his birthday. I'm sorry. Here you go. No, you, you don't say sorry to me, man. You're perfectly fine. <laughs> you know. Uh, so this was like the same night, night after your father's birthday. The Greece embassy calls your parents. You know, they identified your brother, and then your uncle calls you, like at three, four. No, my, right. Well, my dad called me. He oh, told me. Okay. And, you know, and then I, I got off the phone and I was, I kind of scrambling. I was going to try to get some stuff together. And my uncle called and he was like, no, don't, don't leave now. Just wait. You know, we'll pick you up in the morning and we'll drive, you know, we'll, we'll drive back uh, to the house. So he came and got me a few hours later and uh, he drove me back. So I didn't have to drive. And, uh, and I mean, my mom, she was on top of it. Like she was, it was kind of surreal. She, when I walked in the house, you know, she's on the laptop looking stuff up, trying to get, all the information, details, people to contact, things like that. She, you know, she was, she was definitely our rock through all of it. She, uh, she was on, on, on top of it for sure. Uh, that makes interesting, man. Speak on that, man. Like what, what did you and your family learn about this, this horrible tragedy? And, you know, talk about your brother, man. Like how did he, how did he influence your life? Uh, my brother is, he's my little brother, but I just looked at things he's done and things he's accomplished. And I mean, I don't think I've ever met anybody who had a bad thing to say about him. He's, you know, he's a fun guy. He loved life. He, that's really just his description of him. He loved life. He uh, traveled. He was in a, a business program for a little while in China. He was, oh, wow. he'd been to Europe. And actually, he's kind of the reason I travel now. So he's he's kind of set that, that platform for me to kind of be like, man, I need to get out and see the world. Because he was doing all these things, you know, at the age of 20, 21, you know. And, uh once I had the means to do that, I was like, yeah, I need to get out and do that and travel. And, um, that's, uh, that's what we kind of have these wristbands here and say, you know, travel and love and memory. We kind of travel and 
we post a like a, it's called BLB, like be be like Bakari. His name is Bakari, and we travel, and you know we kind of post the pictures with our bands, kind of like traveling with him because that was his his main thing. You know, he love 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 life. You know, love traveling. So I, I love that man. And, uh, I love it. Is there, you know, so you guys have the bracelets to represent uh, your brother. Uh, is there anything else that you guys are doing or that that our listeners and us ourselves can do to you know to help the fight for? Oh yeah, for sure. We, um, yeah, we, uh, in the meantime, we have our, so everything that we're doing to go overseas is, you know, it's, it's us. We're trying to, you know, get the money and do things like that. And that, that just is what it is. But, um, we, we have a foundation that we started, uh, the Bakari foundation. And that's actually to, what we do is we tried, we, um, take families that send us their uh, their stories of what happened to their family members. So it's families that have lost a loved one due to violence of any sort, things like that. And we uh, we have a board. We go we look, go through and we use the money we've raised with different little fundraisers, things like that. And we send that family uh, that we choose. We send them off wherever they'd like to go on a trip. And um, most recently, we've uh, we've actually had the the new thing we're going to do is to we have like a resort type place we had in Costa Rica and um, we were going to pick a few families so we could do multiple families and just bring them to the resort. We were going to be there and do like a, like a healing type deal, you know, a retreat. Like healing by travel is uh, the healing retreat by travel is kind of was the main goal of COVID kind of set that back the last couple of years, but that's the, that's what the foundation does. And we do a lot with uh, a lot of the schools around in Austin, uh, the kids giving them stuff like that. Um, and just, and we also we also offer um, to the families that reach out. We offer um, we have um, sorry it's uh, like some like counseling. We offer counseling through um, different outlets we have and things like that as well. And how and, can people? Um, how can the audience uh, contribute to the foundation? Um, if you go, I'll be, we take donations. Uh, if you just spread the word, anything like that. Uh, we have Instagram, the Bakari Foundation, that um, is, and or just the Bakari Foundation, the Bakari oh. Foundation on Instagram. How, how do you spell? Um, that? How do you spell your brother's name? B as in boy, A K A R I. So V as in you know T H E Bakari Foundation. T H E. Okay. Yes, sir. Is that dot com? com and that, okay. Right or dot org? I'm sorry. Okay. The Bakari Foundation.org. PJ, I live in Austin mm-hmm. myself, so uh, if ever, you know, I love to do what I can do to help out 100%. 100%. And I'm from Dallas myself. I've, uh, I, I, I know how Oak Cliff is. <laughs> we don't yeah, get into that. No. yeah, we don't got to get into that. How, bruh, how does your father and your family deal with losing two immediate family members at such young ages? Like, what? What is that dynamic like? Because trauma is effect, every, it affects everyone differently. How how is that in your family, in your household? Um, in my household, it's, it's just it makes you hold on to what you do have a little bit more, a little bit tighter. Say it again. Uh, and my it, the crazy thing is, is my parents never wavered. They never, you know, it was it'd be easy for them to be like, you know, why us? Why you know, feel sorry? But they they just turned up love. Really, is what it is. You know, they just turned it up. And we've had a support system like no other. Like I, it, just to say that we did it on our own would be that would be a, a disservice to everybody who helped us out. You know, we've had 
family. We've had, my parents have been in the same house for over 20 years in Austin. So, you know, we've got the neighborhood people come and everybody's been supportive and everything. Foundation, clothing line, things we do, everything has just been, uh, it's been helpful. But specifically speaking on my dad, I feel like, you know, he's like my role model. You know, that's who I look up to. And, you know, to see him, it, it was hard for for a while to see him hurt because I could tell, and he's a real playful joke. Like he's all jokes all the time, you know, hundred percent, all fun, you know, laughing. And it's to see him like out of his element. That was uh, hard for me. And it was hard for my sister to understand, uh, you know, she was younger at the time and, you know, there's really no good age to go through anything like that, but it was hard for her to kind of grasp why, you know, these things happen. And uh, that was really tough. But like I said, my mom was a rock the whole time and uh, she's been our rock. So we still lean on her and she just, she's just, you know, pushing her faith on us and, you know, uh, and strengthening our faith as a family and God, and, you know, all things happen for a reason, you know? So we're, we're here today and we're stronger and better. So. Yeah. PJ, there's, there's a lot of love and strength in your family. You could already tell by the way you speak about them. Um, like what advice would you give to others out there that are struggling, that have gone through something similar? Um, I would say, talk about it find a healthy outlet uh just i mean you can only do so much you know so much drinking whatever you do whatever so much going out you can't you can't run from these things forever you know and i just still still things i i battle with myself you know and you think you know i go out a little bit and forget about it or i'm gonna start working out a little bit more and get my mind off it but then the night you know you lay down and just, mm-hmm. these things still come back there you have to deal with them so i think talking about it and especially as men you know it's it's kind of like a taboo, you know, a lot in the black community as well, that, you know, mental health is not like something that we should address. It's not a thing that we have, that we can worry about. It's not like, it's not for us. It's not, you know, but that's not true. So I think, you know, just to address it, talk to somebody about it and don't be afraid to be vulnerable about how you feel, get those feelings out in a healthy way. Uh, you, you hit the head on the nail with that one. Uh, as men, we don't. And then especially as black men, I think it's almost like, at least in uh, media portrayals, is that we we don't show emotion. So I, I love that you said that uh, from one to another, dude. I wish we were able to see your father. You know, I wish you were able. To, you know, if you lasted long on the show, if it was you know meant for you and Michelle to be. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't. But you know, if it was, I can't imagine just the magnitude that your family would have had yeah. on 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 the show, on you know on its trajectory, right? Because you know the show has its history. But that that's a. Um, that's a gym we uh, we did not get to see. I yeah. wish we would have been able to see it on the uh, on the show. But luckily, Mike, he's here now. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And we're spreading his story, and uh, you know we want to push this out to the masses so you know they can they can hear the story. Because I agree with you. I, I wish I wish you know the connection would have been there a little bit more so you could express this on 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 TV. Because I think a lot of people could have benefited from from hearing your story, man, and the strength and the love that your family has shown through all of this. I know I had read somewhere, PJ, that your mother had said something along the lines of, and forgive me if I'm butchering it, you know, turning your pain into purpose. And literally by you guys, the pain that took place in your family, you guys are in turn giving light and love to other families, which are with the Barkari Foundation. That's kudos. You know, we got like claps in the back. That's awesome. Like facts, like facts, facts. Um, you know, on our hot take that we, we do a hot take on every episode, I want to ask you, because uh, we didn't 
I would have loved to have seen this. I'm glad that we're able to talk to you here, but I would love that scene you talked to this with Michelle. On our hot take, I was saying, I wish that in the real world, like all three of us are in right now, that you could be vulnerable and open up to these real things that have taken place and are a strong part of your foundation as a human being. You know, right from the beginning, is this something that you would have told Michelle or how do you, what are your thoughts on like telling someone like on the first, first or second date, hey, this is a, a foundational pillar of who I am as a person. Because we saw on, uh, on yesterday's episode or on Tuesday's episode that Jamie broke down and opened up. So how do you feel about doing stuff like that? Do you speak about this or? It's um, it's, it's a very big part of me. But also I feel like uh, I don't want people, people tend to, when you tell them, people want to be like, oh, I'm so, so sorry, so sorry. And that's, you know, it's just natural response. But I feel like, you know, especially as a family, we're somewhere to where like we can give back and we have grown and we had, it has made us better. So I don't want it to be like, you know, it, it kind of overshadows the getting to know a little bit when you come with it too early. That's so nice, right? I, something I kind of ease into, you know, it's, it's kind of a lot. I feel like I don't like to put that on people, you know, out the gate. That's and right. uh, sometimes it's a lot of people to process. So Dude, it's I not ease into for sure. I completely, completely respect and get that. I, I really want to be able to like work together. I lost my, uh, what am I? Most recent loss was my cousin to uh, a, a gun shooting in Oak Cliff uh, three years ago, and so when I say I understand, I, 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 like, I just want to be able to do something. I want to be able to help your brother's foundation and help your your family in general. Uh, so if we can, I, I genuinely would love to help out in that regard. Uh, but on a lighter note, man, how was your time on the show? How was your time getting to meet Michelle? How was that? Um, I didn't get a whole lot of time with Michelle, but I did enjoy the moments we did have. Uh, there's some characters out there. It was fun. It was, <laughs> said, it was truly fun. <laughs> it was uh, it was a little bit different than what I expected uh, as far as like the, and maybe it's just because I wasn't out there long enough for it to get to that level. But, you know, I'm thinking, especially athletic background, you're thinking, okay, hey, this is game day. Like, hey, we got to be, these are my opponents, you know. <laughs> right. And then you yeah. get there and everybody's like, what's up, bro? Like, you know, like, you know it's, and it's, it's like, all cool. So it's it was, like, whoa, you cool people. You thought it was going to be a bunch of alpha males just going at it, basically. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, talk about, talk yeah. about, you know, athleticism, or being athletic and, you know, being in sports. Can we talk about Nate, six foot eight, and can't make a layup? Like, bro. Oh, the man. one, the one, the one bruh. piece of footage where he misses the layup. They aired it. <laughs> I was like, bro, come yeah, on yeah. now. Man. You got to dunk that. Yeah, we yeah, got to dunk that. that was a, yeah, that was a big, that was a big talk back. Uh, a couple of guys, I know uh, Olu, he's a big hooper. And I was like, man, I got the classroom date over basketball. And what's going on? I wanted to get out there. When they said yeah. Nate couldn't hoop, I was like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was. That was, he said, "Wow!" Was I was shocked to know that, and uh, yeah, seeing that is, is definitely. Who who did you become uh, friendly with in the house? Like out of all the guys, uh, me and Olu were, were pretty close. We we talked a lot, and uh, so we were we spent a lot of time together. And uh, I had a bunch of talks with Clayton. He was a good guy. Yeah, uh, he seemed real genuine, like fun guy, and and we related with football and kind of things like that. And not knowing too much about the whole process of what was going on with the show. You know, there's a lot of guys who knew a lot. And I was like, man, I maybe should have done a little more research or something like that. But it was, it was, it was fun. And um, I'll say Olu Clayton, also Spencer was real laid back. He was a chill dude, fun to talk to. Nice. He was real relatable as well. 
So nice you didn't you didn't bring a playbook onto the show, did you? <laughs> no, I left my playbook, my notes, and, uh, <laughs> as you should, as you should. Yeah. Um, but speaking of, we were actually talking, uh, you know, before you came on about the whole situation with Jamie, you know, talking about Michelle and Joe having known each other back in Minnesota. Like, can you take us inside? I know you were, you know, you were behind the scenes in that in that scenario. So, like, could you tell us, like, was there a lot of talk about Michelle and Joe amongst the other guys, or was, was this all uh, Jamie basically stirring the pot? Um, it came up. It's funny. It came up, but it came up as like a like a joke. I forgot who brought it up. We were eating, and it came up like almost like a joke. Like you know, and they probably knew each other, man. Like you know, just like basketball. You know, same age, Minnesota. Like, but I didn't know it was a thing until the actual cocktail, uh, the actual cocktail party when you know she came down and kind of addressed it. And I was like, wow, this made it all the way back to her. This is festered into something that is a lot bigger than what it seemed like at the time. Yeah. So, and then it definitely cut the night short. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw your face with Brian asked that question. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to say it too much. Yeah, like, I don't know if I want to speak on that. Like, how, like <laughs> how, how was that for you when you found out that they had knew of each other? I mean, I wasn't surprised. I mean, it didn't yeah. surprise me. But the thing is that he left her on red, bro. Like, you know, he's he's got to make up. You yeah. Know, in regards, okay, yeah, they've had contact. We get it. But now he's got to make up. He's got to make up ground. I feel like, if anything, yeah. you know, he's got to explain why he left her hanging originally. So why is it a big deal? You know, but yeah. I see it both ways. It's, you know, it is. It, it, it might make her doubt him a little bit more. You know, why are you here? Now, all of a sudden, you know, you left me, you ghosted me back then. And well, now you're here, it. so. She, she said it, she was like, did you come over here because, I, or, like I'm a bachelorette now? Well, you already left me all red, and yeah. so. Yeah, she, she, held, it, she held no punches. <laughs> she didn't waste any time. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a fair question. That was a good question for her to ask. It is a fair question. Uh, definitely so. What's next for PJ, man? What we got for you? Uh, it's just kind of back to regular schedule program for me. Work, uh, I got a bunch of trips and stuff coming up from some fun stuff. And, Trying to catch a couple football games. I'm a huge football fan. So okay. uh, I gotta ask, bro, who's your team? Who's I'm, your about team? To, I'm about to click. I'm about to click uh, in I'm if you don't say the right I, team. I ride with the boys. I ride with the boys all day. Oh, that's from the, Houston. That's my boy. That's my oh, boy right oh, there. Oh. Yeah, yeah. All say it loud. Born in Dallas. Say it loud, baby. Okay, okay. Say it loud. All day. Yes. So yeah, that's it. You know, just and just try, try to kind of build off uh, things that have kind of been started and. You know, keep working with the foundation, the clothing line, and, you know, kind of build some traction and hopefully get the support we need out here in a few months for getting my mind ready for that. So that's about all I got. I love Absolutely, that. Absolutely, man. So the bar, Foundation.org for everybody listening, you know, check that out and donate, mm -hmm. you know, to, to families who have gone through a, you know, tragedy. PJ, you had mentioned that your brother, mm -hmm. Bakari, has started a clothing line and that's why he was in Greece. But then you, I think I heard you said that that's still going. Yeah, he's continu so you're it continuing going. it on, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Nice. As a family, we kept it going, and we started sales in 2019. And uh, yeah, we're still going. So we're still putting out product and stuff. It's all we have. All his. He was big on writing stuff down. So we have all his templates, things that he wanted to do, things he planned on doing, and things he had. So we're just going with his idea and keeping it alive. So how would you describe his fashion? Like what? What kind of what kind of merchandise oh, are we talking swaggy, about? Man. He's he's swaggy. He's a swaggy guy. He's real sharp. There you go, he's man. big on that. Um, he um, but it's it's athleisure wear. Athleisure wear okay. is the term, I guess. But uh, it's uh, I mean, it's 
it's it's good quality, man. It's, it's surprising how how much goes into you know really having good products and uh, see just seeing it from this side, it's like wow, you know. And uh, but I mean, he love it. It's all stuff that he would wear, just chill, relax stuff, stuff you can get up and go work out, lounge around the house, you know, something a little bit more formal, collared shirts, all that stuff. So. Mike, I feel like that's our style, bro. We got, yeah, I'm gonna we got, we got to cop some uh, Bakari yeah, gear. I'm going to cop you something for sure. <laughs> do, you, do I go to the website to cop something? Yeah. Um, uh, Bakari, uh, the Bakari Luxury Sportswear.com. Bakari so his Luxury name, Sportswear.com. Okay. Bakari. Yeah. CardLuxurySportswear.com for everybody listening. Definitely. Well, we gonna definitely yep. cop something. Uh, rock it here on the, on on an episode, one of these episodes. Hell yeah, PJ man. Much respect to you and your family. I think you're doing amazing things. You know, you're turning this tragedy into a positive for a lot of other people. And you know, we just appreciate you for coming on and sharing your story. 100. percent I appreciate y'all. Thank you. It's been it's been an experience, and every time I get to talk about, it, I feel like I, yeah, I feel like I grow a little bit more. So I appreciate y'all this. So before you go, man, uh, I got to ask you a question. Would could we possibly see you on Paradise? Would you consider it? Huh? <laughs> I would. I definitely. I'd consider it. I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. yeah there we okay. go. There I we like go. It. If you go yeah, to Paradise, sure. though, like you got to have a dope entrance with your with your firefighter background. I need a dope entrance, <laughs> bro. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, I didn't even know you did intros on Bachelors in Paradise. On Bachelors in Paradise, but okay, cool. Okay, so this this dude on this last season, his name's Kenny. Do not show up butt ass naked, bro. We can't be homies no more if you do that. <laughs> no naked, okay. Don't no, do naked, that. no nudity. Don't you do can that, bring homie. your hose, but the, the, the fire hose, the fire hose, not not your hose. <laughs> Fair enough. ABC, I get it. Okay. There you go. <laughs> family show. Right. A family show. Uh, PJ, uh, love having you, man. Again, appreciate uh, for you, man. everyone listening to BakariFoundation.org. Uh, you guys are doing a phenomenal thing. I genuinely want to be able to, uh, you know, give my support and love and, and you know my time as well to it uh thank you for just telling your story being vulnerable open as a band as a black man uh and just continue to do great things man love having amen. you amen appreciate y'all thank you so much let me give you an opportunity to talk about it appreciate it thank Definitely, you man homie. take care for all of our talking out listeners and family if you or a loved one is facing challenges in your everyday life know that you're not alone help is available visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org for resources, or if you are a young person of color, visit stevefund.org. Again, that's stevefund.org for a culturally trained crisis counselor and other resources. PJ, a smooth brother. He just, he just, I he wish reminds you me of like with the stash. I don't know, like, like one of those like 90s, like movies like, he's a 90s debit bro blair underwood for like, he has like a movie, 90s look like he was like a heartthrob in the 90s yes 90s r&b singer yep yes like some silk loose clothes he like just... literally he was a lead singer in a group before yeah. in another time he was a lead singer in a group he got that like you know the deep calmness to him yeah now that, that under it's that understood confidence yeah that he yeah got, you know what i mean that's one. No, I mean, <laughs> singing to me in the rain vibe. Yeah. Just like clothes all wet. The thirst strap going on. Here, PJ, it doesn't rain in Southern California. You know, that's heavy. <laughs> that's PJ, man. I, I, and uh, also, I love, I want to hit on it again. I love how he said, uh, you know, 
being a black man, you know, and being vulnerable is something that isn't really seen much. And so I just love that. I appreciate his vulnerability and yeah. openness so, no, and I, so much. And I love his honesty when he was, you know, because we asked him. I mean, obviously, this would have been an amazing opportunity to get the story of his brother out there and talk to Michelle. And unfortunately, he didn't get to do it. But he even said, he's like, you know, that's not something that I want to throw on somebody so early. You know what I'm saying? So he's like a little bit more reserved. So I like, I respected him for that. Um, you know, whether he did or didn't, you know what I'm saying? But the fact that he has that stance and he's like, you know what, he like respects the other person and doesn't want to put too much on him and rather get to know him a little bit better first. You know, I love that. Hey, well, hopefully we see more of PJ on Bachelor in Paradise. Hey, let's make hey, it happen. The, the invitation's there. The invitation's there. <laughs> yeah, we, we got some, we can make things happen to y'all listening here on Talking It Out. Yeah, Go we make it, it happen. In the universe. We we'll see it on PJ the universe there. for you. See him there. You know, definitely check out the Bakari foundation.org uh to donate to families in need who've gone through tragedy and uh to you to all our listeners thank you for tuning into today's episode you know definitely so today was a deep episode we appreciate having pj on and to our family you know we always love to hear your opinions your stories your insight so please don't forget to like comment follow message us on social at talking out bn that's talking out b as in bakari in as a nation on instagram or Bachelor Nation on TikTok. Yes, we on TikTok. And Facebook and Bachelor Nation on Twitter. And as always, baby, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and listen to us on the Odyssey app or wherever you're listening to your podcast right now. And baby, don't DM me no more until you hit that subscribe. Love y'all.